we have been asked to sacrifice for the good of the other person. I just want my life back. You're not going to get life back the way it was. I'm talking with Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn, host of the three-part special edition to Sliver of Hope podcast series regarding our second episode, Adaptation and Adjustment. Dr. Michael Flynn, can you maybe give us a little recap of the first episode on survival, and then we'll lead into adaptation and adjustment. Perfect. So we talked about with with the acute trauma and the survival around that and the choice to move forward, we really talked about what to do in the here and now. And so that had so much to do with setting a schedule, creating a mindset, figuring out really in the here and now, just exactly as if somebody had been in a traumatic experience, an accident or whatever, and they had to figure out right now what I'm doing. What do I need to do right now to survive, to move forward, to get through this week? That was what we talked about in that particular podcast, because that's the most important thing is just, I got to get through this. Mm -hmm. Then once you do that, you know, hopefully you have set a schedule, you have done things, you've gotten food that you've needed, you've taken care of your basic needs, your air, food, and water, you can kind of go to the next step now. Because now it's even more of a reality than it was last week. There's so much that goes on when you first get into a traumatic situation, then once time passes, you go, wow, this is this is how it's going to be for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now what do I do with this? And so I'd like to cover that. Excellent. So it seems it would be a natural occurrence. You adapt and you adjust to your environment and your circumstance. So let's get into what this whole adjustment phase is about. So it's interesting as, so I'm, I can come at it from the position of just being a human being, but also in my role as a wife, a grandmother, mm-hmm. a professor at college, what is that adaptation adjustment meant? Well, some of it's a little bit on the painful side because as a grandmother, I really look forward to seeing my grandchildren and I have the opportunity to see them on a fairly regular basis and that's been cut off. And so how did we adapt and adjust around that? Well, very nicely, my daughters made sure that we did some Zoom meetings with my grandchildren. We did some FaceTimes. We did some fun things basically over the phone in terms of chatting and talking and seeing how they're going. And actually, it doesn't take the place of being with them meeting, but it did help. I mean, I felt my spirit lifted. I did some things. We had some fun things with friends where we did virtual happy hours. And that can take off having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or whatever you want to do. And we actually were able to kind of lighten things up a little bit and laugh, which is a really important thing. The other thing in terms of adaptation and adjustment was with uh, as a professor, because all our courses I teach at Sacramento State University and we will not be seeing our students face-to-face for the rest of the semester. So our courses had to be transitioned to online. But I have never done a fully online course. So I had to adapt and adjust with that. And some of the things that I found out were, number one, I could. Number two, the kindness and the patience of the people, the people who step forward and, you know, when I would be frustrated, I don't know how to do that. I don't know which I should push. I don't know. Just, you're okay. 
we got this. Don't worry. And the other thing I will have to say is as a faculty member through the School of Nursing at Sacramento State University, our team was amazing. There was not one complaint. There was not anything negative. It was all, what can I do? And I think that kind of takes me into more of the adaptation and adjustment because it really is about treatments. What can I do? Where can I go? And it also has to do with how can you adapt the things that you have done in the past that have given you joy, that have given you support, that have reduced your anxiety, how can you take those same things and adjust and adapt them for the situation as it is now? Mm -hmm. You also mentioned something to me a little bit earlier when we were talking, something that happened with the students. As with anything, I'm a researcher, and I love to research behaviors of people. And it's so funny because I focus on everybody else, and I don't really focus on my behavior. And things are brought to my attention. It kind of catches me off guard. And today I was doing a Zoom classroom meeting with my trauma class because I created a course at Sac State called Traumatology, an Introduction to Post-Traumatic Growth. So how perfect is that Mm -hmm. for my students now? This was the second, only the second time I had done a Zoom classroom and I was awkward and I was trying to get the PowerPoints up and I was, and the students were just so patient with everything. And I was very concerned about the students. There was just a lot going on. And I know there's, and so I asked the students, how are you? Is there anything I can do for you? And um, you can type in comments while you're doing this Zoom presentation. And I saw one of the comments that was typed in that said, well, you know, Dr. Michael Flynn, um, you're always asking us about how we're doing. I want to ask you how you are doing. And it just caught me off guard. And I got pretty emotional because I realized that as everybody else has had to go through change and adaptations, I just kind of got into the place of, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of my, I have 120 students. I got to make sure they're okay. I have to make sure my children are okay. I have a son in New York. And you just get into this whole thing about the caretaking and looking at that. And I have been very blessed that I have been asked to do a lot of interviews and I focus on that. I want to give people the best advice. And all of a sudden, when the student asked me, how are you doing? I I kind of lost it because I thought I didn't realize how my emotions were just under the surface. Mm -hmm. And when somebody said that, it just got me like, if I'm telling people they need to take care of themselves, if I'm telling people they need to attend to their needs, I got to do that too. Mm -hmm. And I found even though I get myself out every single day and I do certain things that may, but there was just some emotional needs by how all these changes came about that I wasn't really paying attention to. So it was it was interesting, very sweet of the student and made me again realize if I'm telling people to do things, I better do them myself. Mm-hmm. And we're human. You're human. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to say, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it's reality and that trauma stacks as, oh, yeah. as I've learned from you. Yeah. One of my favorite authors and psychologists or psychiatrists, I guess, is Viktor Frankl. And I've read Man's Search for Meaning multiple times and all. And so I was looking at some of his work as I was preparing for this. And I love one of his statements is, an abnormal reaction 
to an abnormal situation is normal. And so you kind of got to release yourself from, you know, yes, it's good to be, you need to be in charge and you need to take a leadership role, which I feel like I am, but there's also no matter what kind of leader you are or whatever, you got to have a little bit of, oh my gosh, and have that down, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to cope with that. So good. Perfect segue. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So adaptation. Yeah. What are we doing about it? It's been going on now for almost two full weeks for most of us. Yes. And we're settling into something. Well, the interesting thing is when you go through something like this, there is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end. So you want to make sure that you settle in or you adapt to the situation as it is now. That doesn't mean that you adapt and adjust for this situation forever. In fact, when I work with people who have gone through trauma and we talk about the stage of treatment and we talk about the stage of adaptation, we say you have to make changes that are going to keep you going and keep you moving for the now. That doesn't mean that this is how it's going to be forever, but for now, you have to make these changes and move about your life so you can be productive. Can we correlate these to the two stages of metahab? So stage three has to do with the treatments that we talked about, and that's really what you're doing. What kind of treatments do you need for yourself, mostly for to deal with your stress and anxiety? And then stage four, which we're kind of lumping into this podcast, has to do with adaptation and adjustment. And I think the other thing that's really awesome is to be an observer, not only of your own life, but to be an observer of what's going on on the outside and observe what's working so you can adapt and adjust and get some creative ideas around that. And one of the things I have noticed in this last week or so is I've actually said hi to more people than I ever did in my own neighborhood. People were outside and walking, and it's almost like they wanted some sort of a connection and use that. I saw more families on bike rides and riding around and things and looking at how they could adapt their behavior to be outside, to be together, really taught me how people are amazingly resilient and can adapt to certain things. One of the things I talked about in the last podcast was being of service, finding a purpose, And so I did take my own advice on that, and I called some people I hadn't talked to in a while, um, some people who were more elderly in my neighborhood, and said, look it, i just checking in on you and just want to make sure, is there anything I can bring you? Is there anything you need? And we ended up having some of the most fun conversations. And so this whole notion of adapting and adjusting and making these social connections on a different level, which goes into treatments. That's what we need. We are human beings that need these connections and they're important. As far as next steps, now now we've made these contacts and these reacquaintances, let's say, Mm -hmm. and we've noticed there's a behavioral difference. I've got the same thing in my neighborhood. So many things have changed in just a very short period of time. We wouldn't see that normally. Right. And I think this is important to pick up, too, the notion that this is what I would consider still an acute trauma, where things happened quickly. 
I mean, we had an idea that things were coming about, but when the decision to shelter in place, it happened pretty quickly. Now we're working into more of a little bit of a chronic trauma situation, but again, constantly and always looking at what it is you can do, how it is you can adjust around this, and starting to think about re-entry into life because there is going to be a re-entry. And as I was thinking about this podcast too, I was I really thought about all the people that I've interviewed who have gone through major catastrophic traumatic life changes. And from my own point of view, I've seen this and when I hear from them, it's like you don't want to forget this. Mm-hmm. And it's not forgetting, when I say don't want to forget this, you don't want to forget the resilience you recognized in yourself, the strength you saw in your community, the importance of community connections, what you did to overcome that. Is Sometimes when we go through a traumatic event and we think, oh, look at what I learned, look at what I did, I don't want to forget this. And yet a lot of times when we kind of get back into that life again, it shouldn't. It actually should not be the same. It should mm-hmm. be better. And that better means taking an assessment of what you have done in this stage to pull yourself together, to pull those that are depending upon you together, to take this leadership position, especially I talked about this with parents, and to recognize how important it was that you had this really unique opportunity to come together around this. And you said something about remembering. We don't want to forget this. This should be a part of the new normal. This is the way we go through that adaptation phase. Are those steps, those phone calls, those reaching out to acquaintances and neighbors, are those all part of the treatment Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, that's part of the treatment. Part of the treatment is... Hopefully that you've adjusted how you have looked at the social media and what's going on there. And you've realized what has been helpful to you in terms of your listening patterns. What has made your life better? By listening to this, it gave me more control over that. You've probably hopefully thought about that as well. The other thing too, when I've interviewed people, one of the things that I see, and especially in the adaptation adjustment phase, is some chill time, actually. So when I've talked to people and they go through some you know, fairly significant traumatic events, sometimes that adaptation adjustment period for them is like a, you know, just calm down for a second. I take myself out of the way life is, and I spend some time kind of starting to think about what is this all about? What does this all mean? So again, a treatment part is Mm self-reflection. Looking at, again, and when I uh, work on metahabilitation and my work on trauma and looking at stress resilience and post-traumatic growth, The focus that I really would like you to take is the focus on what'd you do right? What'd you do right? What can you look at and go, you know, in a weird way, this wasn't wasn't looking for this, but it really got me to do this. It really got me to see that. So the focus is not about the shortcomings, 
but focus on what you, your family, engage your family and your community, what we do right. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to forget that because that's important. In the first episode on survival, a very important part of the family came up, and that's the children. Right. And things change now for the children as well. And I know we want to address that because the first part was just the leadership of the parent and modeling behavior. Well, now there's what happens in adaptation with the children. Right. And and so one of the things when I've talked about adaptation and adjustment is this notion that it is a time that you can sit back and do some reflecting on things. And I would really implore you to bring your children into that reflection. How are things going? What do you like about this? What's sort of fun about this almost? Or how have we uh, as a family or as a group or as a class or whatever, how have we adjusted and adapted and, you know, have them be part of the situation? Because when people are resilient as adults, they usually didn't just start it there. When I've interviewed people who have had amazing resilience, grit, and hardiness, they will reflect back to me on a growing up situation. Oh, I had a grandfather, I had a grandmother, my father, mother. Somebody set the motion. I had a teacher, whoever. Somebody set the motion that had them create the mindset, the growth mindset around challenges, struggles, and even traumatic events. So this is a perfect time for you to pass on resilience, grit, and growth to your children, but they don't do it in a vacuum. They have to be part of the process. I can sit around with some colleagues and friends and chat about this for a while. Children aren't there, so make sure that you find a nice place. You can sit down and talk about it. Or what I found as my children were growing up, and I'm a runner and I love running, I would take them on a run or take them on a walk. And it's really interesting when you're not staring at each other, how some conversation comes up, how some things just kind of start to bubble up. So sometimes it's good to have something formalized but limit it and be focused on what it is you want to talk about and then include, because you have time now, these informal interactions with people. So running, walking, being out of doors, when you're playing a game, whatever, sometimes your children may come up with something and that is a perfect opportunity to very succinctly, very clearly answer their questions, comfort them, and say, that good? Yeah, that's good. Good. So if you have something else, make sure you come and let me know. And they'll remember those moments the rest of their lives. Oh, I yes. There's so many examples. In fact, as you're listening to this, why don't you stop for a second and think about something in your own life? I have my students do that in their class. I go, stop for a second. Think about something in your own life. Because unless you can kind of feel this internally, it's hard to pass it on. So think about something, a parent, a book, a movie, something that just instilled this, yeah, I got, I got this. Mm-hmm. That I, I'm struggling, but I think I can ultimately get this. Comfort and trauma. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody held your hand, a grandparent, uh, somebody had passed when you were really, really young, and you just remember those significant events because you could see it all around you that something wasn't right. Right. But it was just that comfort that somebody did for you, whatever it was. You know, it's so interesting because <laughs> this is such a growth opportunity for us all. I, I was just listening to somebody talking about a childhood experience they went through and how they overcame that and did well. And one of the things they talked about was they can identify that the number one reason for that was somebody believed in them. Mm-hmm. Somebody said to them, I believe in you. I know you're going to get through this. I'm here with you. I'm not going to take care of it, but I am here to support you. And you got this. Mm -hmm. You can do this. And I think that's a really awesome time right now while we are home with our children, we are home with our friends, with our families, to constantly remind us, you know, we believe in each other. We will get through this. We got this. Mm -hmm. I also think it's a really good time. We've got a little sidebar here. Uh-huh. Some quotes, some phrases from Nitschke, which are so appropriate. Why don't you go ahead and share those? This would be great because this will lead us in to my third podcast where we really talk about the stress resilience and the growth and what we're coming out of this with. But he talks about he who has a reason to live can bear almost any problem. And so you look at that in creating this belief and creating a motivation. What's the reason for this? And so I would remind us all that we have been asked to sacrifice for the good of the other person. And being this sacrifice is showing that there is hope. We see other places in the world where the numbers of positive tests have been going down where things are happening. So the why of the motivation of this, the reason we're doing this, allows us to bear the always the other how. Well, how do we get this done? Well, we're being asked to shelter in place. Mm-hmm. We're being asked to social distance. We're being asked to hang in there that our economy will come back and hang in there and hold that belief. And so I want to talk about that more in our next podcast. But the other thing I want you to think about when we talk about life is that as we go through these things and we go, I just want my life back. That's what I hear from a lot of people who are going through trauma. I just want my life back. I want life. And I'm sure we're thinking, I just want life back. I just want things the way they are. Well, here's the good news and the bad news. You're not going to get life back the way it was. It shouldn't be exactly the way it was. You know more now. You've seen more now. You've understand. You've experienced empathy and fear and gotten over it. You've seen more. So your life shouldn't be exactly the way it was. That's where some of the gifts comes in with regard to going through bad stuff. In the prior episode, Survival, there was mention of purpose. It's an opportunity to realize I'm here for something greater than myself. Right. And we mention it again here, having a purpose in life. Right. And, you know, and when you look at purpose, sometimes (laughs) I remember when I went through my traumatic event and people would say to me, wow, you, 
you must just survive that whole thing. There must be a real reason you're here. And that bothered me because that was a lot of pressure. So when we talk about, you know, a purpose or a reason to move through this, let's all be honest about this. If the purpose is just you're a more responsible citizen, awesome. If the purpose is that you've recognized and realized your own resilience and strength and are ready to give that to another person, awesome. If it's that you've adapted and adjusted and you've learned how to deal with, again, challenges and frustrations, awesome. There are some bigger things that we can do where people have done amazing things for other people, but sometimes the purpose or the reason for this is just I just needed to be a better person. I just needed to slow down myself and realize, hey, there's there's other things out there in life than the job, the this, the that, whatever. So, Now, if people want to get to the MetaHab website, how, yes. how do they go about reaching either you or the site for more information so they can correlate the two in the special edition? Yeah, thank you so much. So please feel reaching out to me, and I'd like to hear from you too with some of your adaptation and adjustments that you've did. It'd be fun for me. I'd like to include that in my next podcast, but it's at Dr. JMF. So drjmf.com. So drjmf.com. And I have several things. You can go directly to my website and get these podcasts. I have other podcasts that you can look at. And I also have uh, journals and workbooks and a book and other things that might help you through this as well. And I'd love to share that with you. Excellent. I'm glad we had this talk. Thank you so much. Thanks. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a general discussion of the topic presented, which may or may not apply to the individual listener. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the interviewer or guest. It is not intended to provide and is not a suitable substitute for professional care by a doctor, therapist, mental health professional, or other qualified medical professional. Review the CDC site at cdc.gov for the most up-to-date information, including symptoms of COVID-19. If you have a direct exposure to someone with symptoms or who has tested positive, contact your doctor and seek medical attention immediately. This has been a special edition of Sliver of Hope. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us a positive review. Thanks for listening. Please be safe and stay healthy.